Grow CFO is where finance leaders grow together. Join thousands of like-minded professionals using GrowCFO to access the combined knowledge and experience of the finance leader community. You can join us today at growcfo.net. Hello and welcome to the GrowCFO show. I'm your host, Kevin Appleby. Now today I've got a fellow accountant with me, Mark Lee. Now Mark isn't a CFO, he's a man that knows all about tax and he's also a man that mentors accountants and tax advisors who are set up in practice. But there's an awful lot of what Mark does that's relevant to CFOs. So, Mark, welcome to the Grow CFO Show. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Delight to be here. So, Mark, tell me a little bit about you. How do you get to be in the position you are today? You've got quite a few interesting things in your resume. Let's see how quick I can I can whiz through this and not lose uh, anybody's uh, interest. Starting age of fourteen as a children's party entertainer, uh, where I learned where I learned to present to the most challenging of audiences, five and six year old children, and uh, that was the beginning of me presenting, if you like. I quickly realised I wasn't going to be able to make a living uh, as a as a magician. So if my parents' great disappointment, I decided to study and qualify as a chartered accountant instead. Hmm. Well, um, you still need to be a magician when you do that, job because it's uh, what's two and two? And I always think, well, what do you want them to be? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, when I qualified, I quickly moved into tax um, and uh, I then progressed, uh, had a very successful career in tax, headhunted twice, uh, partner at uh, BDO in London who headhunted me out of another big London firm. Uh, then I ran a, an independent tax consultancy and then I was headhunted again and then I got made redundant for the second time. And in 2006, I thought, sod this for a game of soldiers. I don't actually like giving tax advice. Oh, during this time, I was chairman of the tax faculty of the Institute of Chartered Accountants. So I, I did a lot in the world. Uh, th- th- this worries me, Mark, for a start. Is it back, in, back in the day, and I too worked way back in the past with BDO, BDO Binder Hamlin. Oh, different, um, firm. different firm, yeah, because Binder Hamlin were actually actually became part of uh, Arthur Young eventually. Uh, no, sorry, not part of Arthur Young. They became part of um, oh, what was the other half? It's Arthur Anderson, not Arthur Young. Yes, yeah. This, you can tell I'm getting old. I'm losing my memory, but I, uh, I still I still have this vision to this day that I'm going to get a letter from the Institute of Chartered Accountants from the tax faculty that says, Dear Mr. Appleby, we've just reviewed the results of your PE2 professional exams. And, oh, by the way, you failed the tax paper. Do you tell this story on every podcast interview? Because when I was listening to one one of them earlier, I heard you tell the same story. Well, that that was, I think we were talking imposter syndrome that time. So I always felt because of that as a bit of an imposter and being a qualified accountant but you know i'm talking to a tax expert here well, I, I, I used to be a tax expert i'm all right now yeah. uh, although i can still you know, i still commentate occasionally through uh, a business that i set up called the tax advice network or find a tax advisor dot online which is more descriptive of what it really is anyway in 2006 I decided I didn't want to be a tax advisor anymore. I'd focus on those elements of my career I really enjoyed, speaking, writing, and mentoring. And I had friends across the profession who said, Mark, you're so well-known, you're so highly regarded, you've got so much credibility, you're such a good presenter. People will be beating a path to your door 
in order to engage your services. And like a fool, I believed them. Well, uh, hang on, this was this was 2006? Yeah. And you're still going, though? Oh, I, I am indeed. I've, I've, uh, I've uh, furrowed various paths uh, during that time. Never got back to earning what I used to earn as a partner. At, uh, at oh, well, partners just absurd, silly amounts of money anyway. So it was, it was yeah. rather. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy. Uh, the Tax Advice Network was an online business. So when the speaking side of things disappeared at the beginning of the pandemic, uh, I was able to sort of resurrect my interest. And I spent six months focused on the Tax Advice Network, which I'd effectively just left to run itself. Yeah, it, it was originally going to make my fortune, but didn't. And uh, well, I did every online marketing person will tell exactly. you an online business will make you your fortune, but very but you few know, of them do. But you know what? I found that when I focused my attention on it for six months, we picked up 50 new members in six months, which was 50 more, which not 50 more, which was more than we generated in the previous six years. Yeah, because I was focused on one thing Ooh. rather than trying to keep that running and mentor clients and run a live face-to-face -face mentoring group and do my speaking and talks around the country and uh, for international associations of accountants as well. When I was only focused on one thing, my goodness, yeah. it was successful. This is, and we, we talked briefly before we started the interview about the membership guys and the membership academy, which I've followed for a long, long time. And unlike other marketing gurus, Mike Morrison, who runs it, points out all the time that running a membership, running an online business is not passive income, the way most of these marketing gurus tell you. Absolutely. It's actually a full-time job. Yeah. And I just know from where we've got to in the last year with Grow CFO and how much effort we've needed to put in to get where we are. Yeah, Dan and I have been working pretty much full-time on this for the last 12 months. And I think it, I think it shows as well. I, I thought the website was really impressive. Um, so Thank well you. done. Thank you, Mark. But Mark, you started off as our children's entertainer. Now you, you've still got something to do with the magic circle, haven't you? I, I'm treasurer of the magic circle, the magic circle, the, the world's most prestigious magic organization. And I'm very proud of it as well. Uh, and I, I, there's always a touch of magic in my talks, not so much online. It's a bit more challenging, um, but and I'll, and I'll often reference magic. Uh, and indeed, my, my weekly email goes out. It's called The Magic of Success. In fact, I've, I've got that in front of me, Mark, which is, which is one reason that I asked you along to, to be on the Gross CFO show this week. I'm, I'm looking at Mark Lee's Magic of Success. And the, the article I've, I've printed out is called Practical Day-to-Day -day Tips from January 2021. So practical day-to-day -day tips. These, these came from mentoring sessions, didn't they? Well, it's essentially, yes. So each, each, what I did in that particular item that you've pulled, which is on an article on link, as an article on LinkedIn, what I did was I took the three tips that I put in each weekly email over the course of January and put 12 of them all out as an article in one go. And this week I published, uh, I replicated the entire Magic of Success email. Next week I'll do something else. Uh, and in fact, the week before that, um, so on the 2nd of January, my article on LinkedIn um, talked about, uh, I was debunking some of the myths and hype around LinkedIn. It's one of the, thing, one of the things I do, I'm a, a debunker. Mm. 
uh, and I was debunking the hype by reference to the fact that I posted 237 items on LinkedIn during 2020, uh, which is more than most. I'm in the top 1% on every category they have for being a, a social selling index or influencer. Um, invariably one of the top ranked on uh, top ranked online influencers in the accounting profession and have been for over 10 years. But I'm, and I advocate making good use of LinkedIn and not wasting your time on everything else unless you're absolutely clear that your target audience can be engaged on those other platforms, be it Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or Clubhouse or Pinterest or Meetup or whatever else you, Twitter, whatever else you choose to use. Ignore it all unless you know the people you want to influence are on those platforms or you know that there's information you want to get from the people who are contributing on those platforms. Otherwise, just ignore all the hype. Yeah. And I, I personally think for senior finance professionals, there is only one platform, that's LinkedIn. Of course. It, 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 it galls me sometimes when people reference it as a social media platform. It's so different to all the social media platforms. I always, when I used to do talks on this and do it on webinars more often now, obviously, I make the point, it's an online business networking platform. And it's Absolutely. brilliant for finance people who maybe don't like networking, don't enjoy networking, or are fed up of being pounced on by salespeople at every networking event. Because, oh, if you're the CFO, you've got your hands uh, on the purse strings. Mm. And so I completely understand senior finance people not wanting, not enjoying networking events. However... If you've got an eye to the future and you don't anticipate you're going to be in your current role forever, then you don't want to wait until you need the benefits of being uh, having a decent profile on LinkedIn. You want to get that sorted out and make sure you've got a decent profile on there sooner rather than later and expand your connections so that as and when you want to utilize the facilities that are available through LinkedIn for nothing, don't have to pay anything mm -hmm. for this. Exactly. You want to be well set up ahead of needing to use the, the, the facilities that, that are there. And I, I'm frequently approached by uh, people who want to know what can they do to, to, to on, on LinkedIn uh, to get a job or to uh, expand their network. And I, I'm not a, a career coach, but my answer is always start sorting stuff out long before you need it make sure exactly. you yeah. make sure you've got a decent professional looking profile there think about what to put on your profile for your target audience your target audience might be other cfos although if you've got the facility to network through grow cfo then that's probably not quite as relevant um, but maybe you want to use it because your your finance department is expanding and more and more people will look you up online. And the first place, even if you've got a distinctive name like Kevin Appleby, uh, if you've got a name like Mark Lee, and there's over 500 Mark Lees in the UK on LinkedIn, over 3,000 of us um, uh, around the world, there's three of us in, with some, some connection with tax in the UK. Um, but if somebody searches for Mark Lee, uh, on the web or on LinkedIn, 
I would generally be pretty high in the search results because I'm so active and well connected within the profession. And you, if somebody looks up Kevin Appleby online, having met you, been interested in you, however good your gross CFO or your personal website or any other website is, your LinkedIn profile is likely to appear first. Yeah. Because LinkedIn is is so well connected. As exactly. As and Dan, Dan and I use LinkedIn as the main lead generation tool for gross CFO. We see it as absolutely vital. But yeah, just echoing what you're talking about there, Mark, two or three podcasts ago, I was chatting to Tony Talbot. Tony's a headhunter that I've known for probably best part of the last 20 years. And we were talking about how do you access the hidden or the secret job market? Because most jobs these days aren't advertised. And I, I got Tony to reveal how he would go about getting a short list of candidates for a role that he'd been asked to head on for. And his starting point is LinkedIn. Of course. His starting point is the profile that we've, we've just been talking about. You know? You've not necessarily decided that it's time for a new job. You haven't really been thinking about it, but you know, if that headhunter was going to give you a call tomorrow and dangle a, a carrot of a new role with a £20,000 pay increase and whatever in front of you tomorrow, you probably wouldn't say no. no that's why you've got to have your LinkedIn profile and your, and your LinkedIn activity pretty much moving. That's right. We should, but, but let's let's uh, debunk a, a bit more of the hype around it. And I'm not a LinkedIn guru or expert. I just know from my own experiences mm. and, and those of the people I've been mentoring and coaching for, for years. Um, there are a lot of people who either think it's a social media site or they think it's a job site for CVs mm. and headhunters and recruiters. There's over 30 million people in the UK with profiles on LinkedIn. I'm sorry, yep. they're not all looking for jobs. They're not all recruiting. No. Um, and a good proportion of that uh, that total will sign into LinkedIn at least once a week. Yeah. And uh, so the concern is then, ah, oh, I'm going to get loads of spam. Well, no, yep. you don't have to. I've got over 11,000 first level connections on LinkedIn. I don't get any spam. And if I don't, and, and I'm very active, so it's easy in theory, it's easy to approach. And that's because I've been into the settings area and turned off all the notifications, turned off uh, all the email facilities that I don't want to receive. And when I get a connection request, I don't say yes to everybody. If I was a CFO, I would not be accepting connection requests from anybody who looks as if they might want to be trying to sell to me. Yeah, I, I've moved that way myself. I've got fed up over the last few months of getting loads of people connect to me that'll say, do you want to use LinkedIn to generate leads for your business? I do it already, thank you. I don't need you to tell me how to do it. <laughs> yeah, but there, there's, there's some people who think, perhaps because they think of it in the same way as some of the so other social media sites, that it's rude not to accept a connection request. No, 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 no. It's far too big to worry about. I ignore more connect and I click a button to ignore. That's why I use the word. I, I consciously ignore far more connection requests than I accept because I generally 
except those from accountants and tax people and finance people and people in complementary businesses looking to sell to accountants, not those looking to sell to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, pre- that's pretty much my routine as well. And actually, I'll reach out and probably try to connect to up to 100 new people a week. And I've got very definite criteria for who those people are. And generally, they're uh, financial controllers, head of finance, that sort of person who I believe we've got a lot to offer in Grow CFO. And it's, it's no more than saying, hey, I'm COO of Grow CFO. I'm the host of the Grow CFO show. Can we connect? Yeah. And I might drop a message a week or so later and say, oh, have you listened to the Grow CFO show? Oh, that, that's all I want to do. I, I don't want to go sell stuff. No. If, if you're interested in, in coming along and joining Grow CFO and networking with your peers, well, yeah, you'll do it on the basis of that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you, you know, once, you've got, once your profile is right with a decent face, you know, headshot showing you looking approachable, smiley or whatever, you've got a good title headline on your profile as well, not just... CFO, I mean, it can be CFO at wherever you are. Um, and in fact, for CFOs, that probably is what you need um, to put. Uh, and then you've talked about yourself and then you've talked about your role and maybe some of your previous roles. And you've updated what it says about your previous roles so that the bits you focus on are relevant to whoever it is you're trying to influence now. It's yes. the same as a CV where everything has to remain the same as it always was. Yeah. And I always think there's a, there's a marketing phrase that's uh, enter the conversation that's already going on in the other person's head. So you know, don't go in there saying, I did this, I did that, I did the other. Go in there and, and think more in terms of if somebody's reading my profile, what's the problem that I solve for them? Beautifully put. It's Beautifully difficult put. to craft that one. It, these things are not easy. I, I haven't edited my profile for a few weeks now, but I edit it on a regular basis. Yeah, I change the, mine all the time. I'm not in a fixed job. I'm not in a CFO role uh, where it may be more, uh, it may change less, less often. Um, but once, once you've sorted out your profile, then you reach out to connect through LinkedIn with anybody and everybody you've ever worked with in the past um, and and maybe are working with now, yeah. who you would like to be connected with going forward. Younger people find this more natural than older people. Do yes. Because, because you know, they've been using social media to keep in touch with everybody from school or uni or early jobs in a way that perhaps we didn't. Um, and that's all you need to do on LinkedIn and then choose who you agree to accept connections from. If you want to log in and comment on what appears in your, on your homepage on a daily or weekly basis, fine, do that. Um, the algorithm will, will update what it shows in your homepage by reference to what it sees you doing. Absolutely. So yes. if you see nonsense on your homepage, it's either because you've connected to people who post nonsense or because the algorithm thinks that you might be interested in that nonsense, in which case there's three little dots at the top of every post on your homepage, top right corner, 
And you can just say to the algorithm, don't show me stuff like this again. Disconnect me from this person or whatever you like. And the more you educate the algorithm, you're more, the more your homepage will be relevant and interesting rather than random and irrelevant. And I'd say as well, the opposite of that is when there's something there that you do find useful. Well, put a like on it Absolutely. and also put a comment on it. You know? Part of LinkedIn is about forming your own network and therefore don't just like it the way you might do something in Facebook. You know? Stick a comment in there because chances are the author of that post will reply to you, will take notice of you. Absolutely. If, if you're trying to build your network in a particular industry, if you're trying to get to know other CFOs in your space, things like that, if you see them posting, well, reach out. Or even the owners or MDs uh, uh, or CEOs in your industry or your sector who yes. you hope might want to recruit you when their current FD or CFO leaves, retires or whatever. Yeah. And I'd go further than that and say, not just look at what's coming in on your feed, no? put some stuff out there yourself. If you've got a, a point of view about something in your industry, or you've just completed a, a project that's a bit unusual in your company, go talk about it. No? Yeah. It's not Facebook. It's not the place to put videos you've been dancing on the table in the pub on a Friday night when we used to be able to do that sort of thing. <laughs> but it is the place to, to put reasonably interesting professionally based articles there's there's no issue for putting some personal stuff there because we're all human beings and people connect to people and my, my related tip there is uh, i would never share more on linkedin than i would share with random strangers at a at a live face-to-face -face business networking event yeah. Of course, I share stuff about me as a person. I might reference might reference my family. But I'm not going to show so I'm not going to show what I've eaten for lunch or dinner or whatever, and any more than I would be telling people about that at a at a networking event. Mm. And and I and I certainly have no interest in seeing Facebook style stuff. And indeed, I see very little of it because when the people I was connected with post that stuff, I either disconnect from them or say, tell the algorithm, I don't want to see stuff like that. Exactly, yes. And, and by the way, I don't know about you, Kevin, you, everything, everything we've talked about, you don't have to pay a penny to do. Precisely. There, there is a limit as to how many people you can ask to connect with every month um, that m might be catching you every now and again. But... That, yes, that does. But I've found I've actually got a premium LinkedIn membership because I, I wanted Sales Navigator. Yeah. I've now found that actually, no, I don't really need that. No. I'm not getting any significant benefit out of being a premium link, LinkedIn member than I had before I had that. It's premium. Premium LinkedIn's all a bit of a con, if you ask me. It is. I, I, I agree. And unless you're in certain roles. It, yes. Um, if, you, if you're a CFO, uh, I cannot think of a situation in which you would need to be paying for LinkedIn. If you're a headhunter, it might be a little bit different. Very, very Tony Talbot and that, that podcast I did with him explained a little bit of how he yeah. can search for people and people don't even realise he's looked at their profiles. Yeah. Yeah. But your average CFO, and not to suggest that listeners are, are simply average, of course, 
but your, shall I say, your typical CFO mm. uh, is unlikely to want to spend hours on LinkedIn trying to find prospective recruits for their finance team. Yeah. Because surely, they, surely they have better things to do and can leave that to HR or a headhunter or a recruiter to do. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. But no, for the prospective CFO, getting yourself noticed on LinkedIn, actually, I think is a very, very, very worthwhile thing to do. 100% agree. But bear in mind, if, you, if you're not well connected, then as with all social media sites, you end up um, broadcasting into a vacuum because nobody will see what you've been writing. I, I mentioned the, uh, the article I posted on the 2nd of Jan about the 237 posts I put on LinkedIn in 2020. And one of the piece, one, one of the myths that I debunk in that article is how many people are likely to see what you post there. And I've already said I have over 11,000 connections there. During 2020, despite that hu relatively huge number of connections, despite my high ranking, despite my level of activity, and I don't just post, I comment, I do all the, the right things, despite all of that, my average post was seen by around 3,000 people. That's pretty good. Which, which is, in absolute terms, is great, but that's only about that's only about 25 percent of, of my first level connections yes and, and it wasn't getting to, to many people beyond that mm. which is why you want to make sure you're widely connected in a relevant way uh, to hopefully get your material seen by as wide a relevant audience as possible absolutely absolutely and of course there are ways we can help each other and yes. I've, got a, I've got a group, we've, we've got a group of folk around, link, around uh, Grow CFO, where we definitely go in and we, we comment and help promote each other's posts. And we'll, we'll say to anybody on the Future CFO program, one of, one of the modules on Grow CFO is all about building a network. And we talk a lot about LinkedIn. We do say to the folk on there, say, look, if you want to start posting on LinkedIn, tell us, tell us you do, and we'll join you up with the rest of our group and we'll help you promote your posts excellent yeah. and it works mm. yeah mark that has been an absolutely fascinating canter through linkedin and we still haven't got to talk to your practical day-to-day -day tips that you put up in january you know what we're gonna have to record another podcast to do those <laughs> i'd be happy to come back anytime kevin yeah Mark, thank you very much for being guest this week on the Grow CFO Show. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me, Kevin. And if anybody who's listening wants to connect with me on LinkedIn, uh, you'd be very welcome to do so. Uh, if you can't find me amongst all the other Mark Lees there, uh, then uh, my, my LinkedIn handle is bookmarkly, B-O-O-K-M-A-R-K-L-E-E. -E. Uh, indeed, that's also my website, bookmarkly.co.uk. Um, it's the easiest way to find me because my name is so so damn common yeah 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 well i've got the problem that uh, there's a senior um cleric in the catholic church in the united states that shares my name and not only is he just kevin appleby he's also just like me john kevin appleby and known by his second name of kevin and i, I just, I just horrible hope he's job 
managing to separate myself from him, especially since he starts talking about all sorts of migration issues. And of course, that was one of Donald Trump's favorite issues. So he was all over the media while Trump was trying to build his wall down in Mexico. And it's really just, difficult to score highly on Google with that. I just, I just hope your doppelganger is one of the good clerics and not one of the naughty clerics. No idea. No idea, Mark. And on, on that bombshell, I think we'd better end. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, Mark, thank you very much. My pleasure, Kevin. Thank you.